Welcome to the Her Vibe is Pretty podcast, where you'll be guided on how to step up into your evolved woman, design your dream life, and start living it. Let's get vibey. Hey, Pretty Vibe Tribe. Welcome back to a very special episode of the Her Vibe is Pretty podcast. Today, we have a very special guest that Mary scouted for us. And I'm so grateful that she did because today we have Jamie Varen coming onto the show who, in my eyes, is a clear channel from source, God, higher power into the earthly realm. So to give you a little bit more detail about who she is, where she came from, Jamie Varen's writing has been seen across the internet for over a decade from her early days of personal blogging all the way to features in publications such as Teen Vogue, HuffPost, Good Complex, and many more. So she is a very, very, very talented writer, which you will hear about when we talk to her today. Over the years, both her long-form essays and her short-form prose have garnered millions of reads and views using her signature style of combining personal story with universal themes. So unique. Mm-hmm. Jamie also shares her thoughts on building a life you really love with her many followers on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find her at Jamie Veron, which we'll also talk about later. We'll link all the ways to connect with her as well in the show notes. In addition to her writing, she has a longstanding career as a branding expert, course creator, and graphic designer. Her website is jamieveron.com if you want to check any of that out. You guys, this woman is a creative goddess, and I'm so excited to talk to her. This is an episode I have been looking forward to for so long. I found, I don't even know, I can't remember. I somehow stumbled across her page and I felt like I was getting a hug from a best friend from her words. Yeah. Every single post is pure gold. Mm-hmm. And I just know this episode is just going to bring so much freaking value because she's, yeah, she's like a freaking goddess. Yeah. So amazing. Like, the way she is with words. I mean, just wait and just wait till you check out her Instagram, follow her page, read. I mean, you could just binge every single post of hers and it'll change your life. You probably do already follow her, but if you're not, make sure you do. Mary and I share her stuff a lot and it's so cool because her posts, I feel like they go hand in hand with everything we talk about here on the show. They just kind of sum it up into simple terms and short readable paragraphs that provide a spark of joy and inspiration into your everyday. So you guys definitely have to follow her if you don't already. We're super excited to talk to her and get all of the details as to how she got to where she is today. So let's go to the show. All right, Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here today. We are so excited to have you. Our listeners are so excited that you're here. Yay. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to, to get into the chat. Yeah, so good. All right. So if you would, will you just start out by sharing with our listeners who you are, where you're from, what your story is, a little bit of your background, and just how you got into writing in itself? Oh, yeah, that's a that's a big cue. Um, so I currently live in Calabasas in Los Angeles. Um, I'm from the Bay Area up in like a little outside of San Francisco. So California, um, how I got into writing, I mean, very roundabout journey, like always wanted to write, always did it on the side. But I had um, 
you know, I graduated college and then I started my own web design business and started traveling and started working from my computer. And it was always one day, all right, one day. And, you know, one day didn't really show up. So about when I was like 30, 32, I'm 36 now, I really was just like, I got to stay consistent with this. I got to show up for myself. And I think that's probably the biggest decision that led me to where I am now, which is just saying to myself, you know, it doesn't matter if you're good enough. It doesn't matter if you are perfect or anything. You just have to show up, put your butt in the chair and write and get these words that are in your head out into the air instead of just living inside me. Um, So that's really like the very condensed version of how I came to be, um, you know, at the position that I'm in now. So I'm curious, was this like, is writing, would you say it's a natural gift? Like when you say that you've always wanted to write, were you a writer? Were you a really good writer? Like as a child, would you like journal and stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, my mom loves to talk about like, you used to write these poems and I'm like, they're not good. But, you know, I, they're good for like, I'm six. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, like for, for now they're not. Um, But I was like looking at them and I'm like, this was always my thing. Like I always, it wasn't even so much like writing specifically in any direction. I just like was always trying to come up with stories, always expressing myself, always had a journal. Um, And just also another thing was like, I just love to read. Like I would just get through a goosebumps book in a weekend, you know, that was my, my love. <laughs> you are speaking to my inner child, Jamie. I feel like we have the same mom, the, the same book interests. I used to, I mean, I am nowhere near a writer like you are even the slightest bit. And that's, I think one reason why I admire you so much, but you're totally speaking to my inner child there mm-hmm. having like this this young interest in writing and reading. And I love how you have, you are such a good example of someone who has taken that interest as a child and turned it and blossomed it into something like into a beautiful career, like in a lifestyle almost, I would say for you. Um, I love that you love goosebumps. I love, okay. Quick question. Yeah. I asked Sarah this earlier. Did you, did I see that you just finished watching squid game? Yeah, I did. What what were you, just very quick, what were your thoughts on that? I thought, well, first of all, I don't usually like things that are that violent, but really? I thought it was incredible. And I thought the storytelling aspect, like just the whole world building that they made, I was like, this is a creativity on a totally different level. And my favorite thing was finding out that like he, the person that created it, like he got rejected so many times and just stuck with it. Like, I love an underdog story. I love that because it's like, where does that conviction come from of like, nobody has given you any indication that your idea is going to work the way that you think it is. And yet you keep going like that to me has been a constant, like, that's what made me want to watch the show. Cause Mm. I was like, what is this, that Mm. this person would be rejected so many times and stick with it. Yeah. That is compelling to me. It's so I laugh. <laughs> we were laughing about it because I'm into creepy stuff like that. Like I don't love violence. I wouldn't say like, oh, I love violence, but like I tend to watch like 
true crime stuff or like murder mysteries or like action movies that have violence in them or scary things like I'd consider Squid Game pretty scary. And when you mentioned Goosebumps, I was like, okay, I'm going to bring this up because Sarah's kind of the opposite. Like she doesn't usually like to watch that kind of stuff, but she watched Squid Game. I did watch it. So it was kind of a a joke we had going for a little bit. (laughs) So full circling what you just said back to you. So And if those of you listening haven't watched Squid Games or you don't know what we're talking about, what we're referring to is the writer of that show went a lot of different places to try to get that show produced. And he got turned down time and time and time again until Netflix finally picked it up. So Jamie, I'm curious, you said that you used to write when you were young. So growing up, was that like creative side of you? Was that like supported? Because I know that in my upbringing, it was like, oh, you know, get a real job, go to school, play sports. Like the creativity is cute and all when you're like little, but then like time to move on. Was it kind of like that or was it more so like supported? Uh, I mean, it wasn't supported. It, I feel like it was neutral because mm-hmm. my parents divorced when I was two. And so my upbringing was a little chaotic because I was going from house to house. You know, it wasn't like, oh, you see dad in the summer. It was like mom for three days, dad for two, every other weekend. So it was just back and forth. I feel like this, the lack of stability meant like, I almost felt like a latchkey kid. I was just like, who's paying attention to what's happening here? And I think that has contributed to my inner drive because no one told me, yes, you can be a writer. And also no one told me like, no, you can't be a writer. So I was just like, Uh, and, but I will say that like both my parents, my dad was a photographer. My mom's a makeup artist. They both did like creative things, but I wouldn't Mm. say that it was like a passion. So I always got this idea in my head that like, okay, you've got to make money doing something Mm. and then you can do the art. Mm. And so I didn't like think, let me go to college for creative writing or like, I didn't even know. I mean, I was the one of the first I am. Yeah. I'm the first one that went to college in my whole family, like a real, like a university and in all the generations. And, um, I just didn't understand, like, I didn't know you could get an MFA. I didn't know there were things out there that like, I didn't know you could go somewhere and they would like teach you how to write better. You know, I was just like, get a real job and then figure this out. And I just, I had it in my head that it was going to be too hard. It's, you're not going to, you know, you got to wait, you got to figure it out. And I don't, I mean, it is what it is. I don't know that that was true or not true. Um, But I think I was very much like thrown to, like no one was discouraging me, but I don't feel like anyone was encouraging me either. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Can you add or share anything about like how you stuck with it then and how you didn't just completely dismiss it as like, oh, that one day, like you said, you kept saying one day, one day, one day, but then what was it for you that made you say like, no, not one day, like today is the day? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, it was such a, you know, thankfully, right when I, right when I started working and getting into the career force, I also, it was that whole time of like 2008 blogging, you know, social media wasn't it yet. 
And so everyone was blogging. And so I just loved blogging, you know? And so I got into blogging and pretty early on, I started to get an audience that was more than just like my friends and family. And so I was like, I'm on to something here. Um, but it was very inconsistent. And I think I'm just like a very stubborn person in that I always told myself, like, you don't let go of your dreams. You keep at it. Um, you know, you gotta like, like, I love those underdog stories. So I was always like, you know, you can't expect it's going to happen right away. So you got to keep going. And I think that I just continued to read and get inspired. And I mean, not to say that like all of my twenties, I was like, comparing and feeling like I was falling behind and all the things. I mean, I was down on myself, but then it really came to a point where I think I had that moment where I was just like, you either give this up (laughs) and like, let this go, or you take it really seriously. Um, because this in between is where I was really like falling prey to being like, comparing or feeling, I had a big thing in my, before I turned 30 of like, I'm falling behind. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest posts I ever wrote was this post called like to anyone who feels like they've fallen behind on life. And it was like, I mean, millions of people read that as have read that post. It got picked up by HuffPo, all these places. And I was like, oh, so this is a thing that we feel, huh? Like I thought it was just me. That I'm like falling behind and everyone was like, "Uh, me too. And I'm like, oh yeah, we got a thing here about turning 30 and like not making it yet. I was like, okay. I was starting to get, I think that was around the time too, where I was like, I'm kind of seeing that my work resonates, but I really didn't know how to take it further than that. Yeah. So yeah, that's so beautiful. I want to read that post. I'm going to have to go creep on you a little bit deeper. I'm curious your blogging, was that all like, did you blog about the same things that you write about now? I feel like when I go to your page, it's like very like self-help inspirational. And like we said, before we started recording a lot of stuff we talk about here on the show. So was it always that I'm just curious, like what has your, have you had like a profound personal development journey that inspired you to write those things? Or are these words just like super channeled and like very natural? Both. Yeah. Um, I originally wanted to be funny. Like I, so all my blogging was like the funny things that happened to me when I go out into the world, you know, like I, I was really into telling those kinds of stories. And then I was very much not, I was like, I don't want to be inspirational. I don't want to be anything. And then I had another, I had a writing job in 2015, which was like, a little bit, I would say sad porn. (laughs) Like I was just like a sad person at that time. And so I was writing about, you know, like it was more, let's like commiserate together. And that was a, a good point of healing. But then I got to the point where I was like, I think I want to write more uplifting stuff, but it has happened completely naturally. I mean, I didn't sit down and go, let me inspire people. It was just like what the next evolution was. And actually what's interesting is like a lot of the things that I'm writing now, I was really, I'm kind of like very skeptical of self-help. I don't Mm -hmm. read a lot of Mm self-help. I don't, people always recommend books to me. I don't read them. Like I just, I, I, it's very channeled. Like, I love that you use that word because I think that it's really, 
a lot of people ask me like, what's your philosophy based on? What do you think? Like, what do you read? What do you consume? And I'm like, nothing. My intuition. I, yeah. Like I try to keep myself <laughs> as, as clear of a channel as possible. I find mm. that if I read too many other con- like mm-hmm. things, I get that really kind of, it gets yeah. distracted. Totally. It's like, you have to put your blinders on and just like dive in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you say you, you keep your channel clear, what kind of like, do you do anything specifically to keep that clear channel? Like, obviously one of them is not, not consuming a lot of other people's content. Is there anything else that comes to mind for you that you do to keep that clear channel? Because I know like for me personally, and I know for a lot of our listeners, we have this desire to hear from that channel and it's a little bit more of a struggle. So, and I don't know, do you know anything about human design? Have you ever heard that? Yeah, I do. So Mm. so I'm a generator. And so I've been told like generators are just think, 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 think. But that's really challenging for me because I'm also creative and I desire to be creative and I know I am creative, but it's like, how do I click this off so I can hear from that? Because I believe in, and I guess you can tell me what you think, but I believe that all of us have that channel in us and we all have that ability, but it's like, how do we access it? Yeah. I think like, you know, a lot of people will say meditation and Mm -hmm. I, I meditate, I go in and out of meditation because Mm -hmm. I think there are certain ways to get meditative that aren't meditation. And Mm -hmm. I think for each person, like for me, I get most of my ideas when I'm walking. So Mm -hmm. I like to, I need to be really active. So one of the things is like, I have a personal rule that like, I don't let two days go by without movement. So mm-hmm. if I don't do one day, mm-hmm. the next day it has to be just because I know that I'll start to lose connection because it'll, I'll just won't feel as clear. And like, there's yeah. certain things to eat. Like I don't eat certain things during the day because it fatigues me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not as clear. I also know to like, in the morning, I'm the most clear channel. So that's when I like sit down and I, I don't rush myself in the morning. So I make sure I wake up earlier so that I have plenty of time to like get to where I need to be or like get to my desk at a certain time because like sitting at the table, like eating my breakfast, this is when like most of my posts, that's when I write them is like mm-hmm. in my notes app. And I also feel like with me noticing that there are certain things that like actually close up the channel. Like when I'm like, I'm going to sit down and channel today. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, it's blocked. <laughs> you know, yeah. like there are certain things that I just know. And I feel like you have to pick up on that. Like the best way to do it is just notice, like take notice when something feels really clear and channeled and then go, what's the circumstances around this right now? Like what's, what did I do before this? What was my day? Like, what am I, you know, and just start to notice these signs and like, because everybody's different. Mm-hmm. And for me, the most ordinary things bring out a channel and the, and the most, like anytime I start, I mean, first of all, the biggest thing probably underneath all of it is just believing that I have a connection. Yeah. You know, if you don't totally. believe you have a connection yeah, and there's no intuition mm-hmm. and nothing's coming through, that's your story. I mean, that's the biggest block. Yeah, for sure. So good. And I love that, like how you give that that tip to kind of work backward. It's like, just feel into like when, when's that inspiration hits and what, what was the environment or like, what was your morning like, or what had you been, 
have you been eating today? That's so good to work backward. I love that so much. Yeah. Cause it usually like hits you out of yeah. nowhere. Right. And then you think like, oh, it's random, but actually you can recreate your, you can recreate circumstances to better connect. Cause mm-hmm. I, I also think like, I mean, when your life is just one thing to the next, busy, 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 obligation, obligation, responsibility, it's really hard to get that moment for anything to come through. Cause you're just like, okay, next thing, next thing, next thing. Yeah. And I try to incorporate at least a solid amount of pauses in my day. Not saying like I sit there like a monk for hours, but like 10 minutes, you know, like I can chill for 10 minutes between the next thing, you know, putting in some buffers, which is, uh, which has been very helpful. I love love that. And you mentioned that actually in your Instagram story a little bit today. And if there's anything you want to add about that, but one thing I loved you were talking about is going beyond surface level and finding that depth and like going so much deeper. And I feel like you kind of answered that a little bit here. So maybe if there's anything else you have to add on like that take on like, how do you find that depth within yourself? And I think one example that you just gave that's perfect is giving yourself some space throughout the day. Don't have that back-to-back schedule so that you're constantly, your mind's constantly jumping from one thing to the next, but give yourself that time to like let things soak in and maybe observe what's going on with around you or within you. Um, but do you have anything else to add about that? Because I loved that aspect because being I'm a new mom. And so I feel like I'm very much now like one thing to the next to the next. And I'm missing that depth. And so I read that on your Instagram story today. And I was like, yes. Mm. But then it's like, how? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it comes from, I guess the biggest thing, which is probably surprising is like, I used to, so I'm a big proponent, like, if you have a story that you're attaching to, like we give ourselves narratives and then it blocks certain things. So like I used to say to myself, like, oh, I'm such an overthinker. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we love to identify as an overthinker, but like actually thinking deeply, that just means you think deeply and you're, you're observing and you're taking certain things in and you're chewing on it. And so when you're attaching like a negative thing to that, you're like missing the gift of it. So once I stopped being like, oh, I'm this like sensitive overthinker who can't like, you know, this is, this is this huge thing that I have, like this flaw that I have. And I started embracing it. I was like, oh, this is the magic actually. Like being able to observe at that level. Like if you crave depth, you are a deep thinker. The end, you know, like people who aren't deep thinkers, which is fine. We need all sorts. They don't they don't care. You know, they're not like, let me get more depth in here. But if you already crave that, I feel like there's a lot of stories we create about that, that like block some of the insight that might come through or like thinking we're too sensitive or we're too emotional or we're too something Mm -hmm. fill in the blank. And then we miss sort of like the, the, the way that we can observe the way that we can take certain things in the way that we can synthesize information. And I think that, um, you know, I've just given myself permission to like access that part of myself, which is really something that it's been a noticeable shift just in 2021 of like, I don't have to go the surface level. And another thing is like, I just have a personal philosophy that like, I know on Instagram, they all tell you there's a strategy like, you know, don't 
kind of like, I I hate using this word, but like, they kind of tell you to like dumb it down a little bit Mm -hmm. and like make it shareable, make it really like digestible. And I'm, I have this personal philosophy of like, let them choke. I don't, don't, I don't want (laughs) anyone to easily digestible stuff at all. (laughs) Like I love it. The longest thing ever. And just be like, like, I don't even care. I'm like, yeah. this is going to go to who it's going to go to. And yeah. that's just my, that's how I kind of access that. Cause I just give myself permission. I'm like, if I'm a deep person, if I'm like this, I'm like, I'm just going to get like, I'm sensitive. I feel stuff. I'm going to use mm-hmm. that as a gift, not as something that I'm saying is against myself. Yeah. That, that is, is so beautiful. And I feel <laughs> so like everyone listening, like this goes very hand in hand with the work that we talk about with working through your limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. And again, Jamie, your freaking words, like you just have a way of making something that can feel very complex, so doable. And so like, like, I feel like I'm inspired to say like, okay, what are these stories I'm telling myself where mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm very sensitive. I get very emotional. Like I freaking cry all the time these days <laughs> and I blame it on the hormones, but it's like you shift that. Like, why am I trying to make that feel like a negative thing and make it a positive thing? Like that is my gift. My gift is this ability to feel, to sense things, to like process those feelings and emotions. That's a good thing. Yeah. And you like, yeah, like you just, and you make that again, thank you for all you do because you just make these very complex things though, feel very doable. And I think that's like, I, I love that you say like, we'll choke on it because (laughs) there's, you, you don't hold back, but you make it approachable. Like you, even for someone who's new to any of these concepts, they can read your work and they don't feel like I have no clue what I just read. They're like, Oh, maybe I am better than I thought I was. Oh, maybe this is a gift that I've always positioned as a bad thing. And you make people really like reflect on these things and that's changing lives. Thank you for saying that. I mean, I think that it's not something that I try. It feels very natural just because I, I think because it all comes from personal experience, I never want something that feels like it's an ego thing for me where I'm like, I think so much you know, deeper than everybody else. No one ever understands me. You know, it's like, (laughs) I don't care about that. Like I actually have a real true heart for having people like, like, I don't want people to follow my life or what I do to a T. I want like, I want so many people to recognize, like I have it within me. Like I have power and magic within me. I don't have to keep, because like a lot of the things that I see and it's more like, this is another thing that I used to think was like a negative about me was that I was like critical. But then I started to recognize that like me being critical, I'm not, I'm not outwardly critical, but I'm able to see, I'm like, that's not working. Mm -hmm. That's not how I want to show up. Like the critic that, that like critique actually shows me where I want to like sort of shift in certain ways. And I was seeing that a lot of the self-help, a lot of the inspirational stuff, it was either too simplistic or just like, what is that even like, you know, you look at something, you're like, most people don't have five hours a day to like meditate on a bench at cart Tolle. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> I was just like, I don't think that's really the vibe. Like, 
we can't do that, you know? And like, I think I have this way of, I really do know that I've accessed this way of like making things really approachable because I want them to be approachable. I don't want to feel like your best life is just like thousands and thousands of hours away and you have so much to work on. It's like, it could be a shift of seeing yourself differently and you're already in a new paradigm, which is like powerful. For sure. This will lead us into a topic that I really, really, we both really want to talk to you about. So Mary brought it up actually before the show and it was how you talk about creating your own main character energy. And also I think it goes hand in hand with, um, the way that the way that you can exist can be poetry. So like, I feel like those two kind of tie together. I feel like everything you just explained explains how your life here and now can be poetry. Like this call that the three of us are on and our surroundings is poetry is art in itself. But I would love for you to go a little bit deeper into these things. Like what is for, for those. And I feel like Mary and I vibe with creating your own main character energy for those who don't, what is that? And how do you do that? I mean, main character energy to me is like, you matter the most in your life. Like you have these other people and that's wonderful, but also like you matter and you, what you desire, what you want, what you think about certain things, your opinions. Like we have been very disempowered to think for ourselves in a 2021 world. And, you know, I think that like, it matters if you feel good about your life. Like you don't have to accept that things are, Oh, I'm just the way that I am. And things are just the way that they are. And I might as well just like make everybody else's life more comfortable so that I can just exist. Or also another thing with main character energy to me is like you, not everybody around you has to change. Sometimes you have to change how you react to what's Mm -hmm. happening outside of you. And like, that's empowering. It might feel like it's not at first because it feels good to be like, well, everybody else has to change. F this, F this. But really it's like, you have to change within. And that becomes like a powerful thing when you really like feel into that and recognize like, oh, I'm not really at the whim of this world. I I can have like, I can have agency over how I exist in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that to me is like main character energy on top of just like the kind of on the surface stuff of like, wear what you want to wear, do what you want to do. Like it's your freaking life. And like, please do whatever you want. And don't let other people like, there's no guilty pleasures. There's no any of this, like just enjoy and like Mm -hmm. do what you want. which also leads into the whole thing of like, your life can be poetry. Like to me, that means you extract meaning and significance from the ordinary things, Mm -hmm. which creates meaning and significance on such a larger scale. Mm -hmm. And when you can do that, like when you can extract significance from like the things you do every day, like for me, my daily walk feels like poetry. Yeah. Now, and it's, it's the same walk every day. Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel I, you so deeply there. <laughs> it's just like same. it's the same thing. Yeah. But it's like I I put infuse meaning into it. Totally. You know, like I go on that walk and I go, you're doing it. Like yeah. 
you're on it again. Here yeah. we go. Like I can feel, and I like notice when I'm getting stronger. I notice when certain parts are easier, like, mm. and I take notice. And I think that's a really big part of having like a poetic existence is just noticing the beauty that's in the everyday. Cause I think a lot of people, maybe we get scared. Like, well, if I, if I like the small things, maybe I won't want the, you know, I won't go after the big things anymore. Like this, like fear of being content. And I'm like, I have experienced the exact opposite. Totally. Everything becomes bigger. Yeah. Everything becomes more heightened and exciting. Mm-hmm. Like sure. when you don't need anything to happen, you just get to like do things because it's enjoyable and you have a desire to do it, mm-hmm. which it's a real different energy having that, having that instead of like, I need to prove my existence is worthy. Mm-hmm. Like it's a big, big ask. Yeah. For, well, for, and yeah. that's like, so I was, as a, before we got onto this call, I wanted to read through some of like my favorite posts that I've saved of yours. And that is one of the things is like this idea that life needs to be so like big and glittery and grand to like be worthy and where you, you speak to like appreciating the small moments. And we say on the podcast quite a bit, like celebrate the small wins, like embrace the little things of your life, your morning coffee, your morning walk, you know, whatever those little pieces are, give yourself that permission to slow down and enjoy them. But I feel like you can read that on Instagram and it sounds amazing, but like, again, I come back to like the, how do you get there? And I would love to hear, you know, your journey from, um, maybe having some of those fears and doubts or this, this pressure of like, I need to live this grand life for it to be worthy to this place that you are now where you're like, I go on the same walk every day and it is the greatest damn walk I've ever been on. I love it. It's amazing. I'm amazing. Like, can you talk me through that a little bit? I would just love to hear how you started really embodying that shift. Yeah. I mean, I used to be like, okay, I don't get to be happy until I get the book deal and I get this and I get this. So it was, it actually, the shift came from a really deep place of pain. Cause I was like, this is hurting me, you know, this expectation and, and like looking at my life and being like, it's not good enough yet. It's like, wow. I mean, first of all, how crappy to say that to myself, not to mention like the people in it and the things that I've done to carry me here. Um, because I am very ambitious. And I think, you know, essentially what happened was like 2016, 2017, 2018, I took a total pause. I put everything on hold. Like I, I, I didn't even know it was on hold. I thought I was quitting everything. I was like, I will not never write again. Like I I said to myself, you will only write again if it comes from a place of joy. And that was laughable at that time for me to ever think like, (laughs) write from a place of joy? What? Like, no, you write to prove that you're good enough. Okay. Mm -hmm. Come on now. And like, you know, oh, I'm going to be content. No, that's silly. Like content people are lazy. They're not pushing themselves. They're unmotivated. Like I had a lot of shame about that. And of course, it was like the thing calling to me the loudest. And so, um, you know, I then in that pause, took a lot of reflection time where I was like, I actually feel like I would rather be happy and content on a daily basis as much as I can than to have any of these achievements that I think I still need to get. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? 
if all that I am is just like happy in the present moment, I guess that's all I have. And in 2018, my husband and I moved to France for a year and I just lived my life and didn't post on anything. And it was like the greatest thing ever that I just like arrived in Paris and no one knew. Like I had been living my life online since like 2008. I was like, Mm -hmm. this is so nice to not be like, (laughs) what does everyone think about me being in Paris? You know, I was just like, I'm here and I don't care what anyone thinks. And I think then it took about another year before I was like, oh, the, the dreams are coming back. And now they're coming back from a totally different place of like, and I don't think you have to like take a pause or anything or like, you know, disrupt your whole life. But I'm saying that I think that it's, I actually feel like it's okay to slow down. Like if things are feeling like they're on top of you and that you're just like, if you don't know why you're doing certain things or why you want certain things, like a real honest why, then like, you got to look at that. Because Mm -hmm. if the why is like, oh, so that I can tell people on Facebook and Instagram that I got it. Or like, oh, because like that will finally tell me I'm a good enough person. Or like, you know, if you're in that, I mean, that's where I was. And I think those are always like really good indications of, hmm, maybe a realignment is necessary here. Um, Because now I'm extremely careful about what I add into my life. Like even when I got my book deal earlier this year, I was like, this is what I was supposed to want. And I still was like, let me make sure it's still what I want. Mm -hmm. And that, because I think once you get to a place where you have at least the majority of the time, a certain level of inner peace and a certain level of happiness and contentment, you don't let anything threaten that. So you want to like, make sure that everything you add back into your life or like add into your life, you're like, is this going to actually add to my life or is this going to take something away from me? Thinking that if I get this, then I'll be good enough. Like, I just, I don't want to think like that anymore because I just realized like also that I, I had this realization that like I had achieved, like in my twenties, I achieved so many things and it still never felt like enough. And I was like, well, this is a lie. <laughs> like I have, <laughs> I have, stacked up achievements and I'm, you know, my writing has been read by millions of people. I've had like huge successes, viral situations, everything. And I'm like, still not there yet. Huh? Like (laughs) where's my happiness ready? I'm ready. And then it didn't show up. So I was like, I think I got to cultivate this happiness within Mm -hmm. and cultivate this contentment and cultivate. Like I was like, if, if all I become is crazy satisfied with my life and I never do another impressive thing again, like what I have, I'm happy, <laughs> you know, like what do I lose? <laughs> mm-hmm. So that kind of leads into your book then. Yeah. Called radically content. Yeah, it does. So, definitely. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, my book, it's about, so being satisfied in an endlessly dissatisfied world. Mm -hmm. Um, This book has been formulating for many, many, many years. And of course, in perfect timing, it was just the exact moment I was supposed to write it because it felt like I wrote it from a really, really true and honest place. 
And it's all about like, to me, being radically content is like not about giving up on your dreams. It's not about having to choose ambition and achievement versus like going off the grid and living, you know, this non, you know, that kind of existence, which fine, do that too. Um, But like, I think it, it's more about finding your own why and why you want to do certain things and why you want to achieve certain things and being very rooted in like what you're trying to cultivate in your life. And knowing that if you set the foundation of being content and satisfied, everything can bloom from there. Mm-hmm. Versus if you have this really shaky foundation of like, am I good enough? Or I need to prove this to my parents or I need to prove this to myself or this or that. I mean, those things just, first of all, they don't actually establish any kind of motivation because we're always motivated by things we add to our life. And yet we really focus on how to motivate ourselves to get rid of something from our life. You know, like for example, if you're starting to exercise or something, we'll usually be like, well, I want to get rid of this like shame or weight or something when it's like, you can go toward like feeling mental clarity, feeling clear, feeling good, feeling confident. Like, but we, so to me, it's like being radically content is like being exactly in your life as it is now and seeing all there is that has already blossomed, being appreciative of all the things that you have and what you've done, celebrating your progress. And then like everything comes from there. That's like, that's a real foundation versus Mm -hmm. the other foundation, which is very shaky. And I mean, it's just like, it's a societal expectation. And so a lot of the book, I mean, it's very radical. I mean, this, it seems kind of, but like the ideas I think are really radical. It's basically like opt out of like societal expectations. Mm -hmm. Don't even try to like, okay, you have this should, okay. Try to fit in, try to get it. It's just like, uh, get it away. We're here for it. My (laughs) number one quote is like, drop the shoulds, let go of the shoulds. I'm, I stand behind all of that. A quote, another quote that I live by is gratitude is the foundation for abundance. And Mm. Like I, I, I truly believe that and you're living proof and I'm living proof and Mary is living proof. It's like when you're just going to the next thing and the next thing to prove your worth and to prove your enoughness and pr- to prove that you're lovable and to prove that you're this and that, and that, you know, you're doing things on time and all the things it's like never fulfilling. So you just keep going and going and that's how burnout happens and depression and anxiety and a holistic psychologist was talking on her platform the other day about um, like mental health and how the core of mental health is usually something like that, where you're just like chasing and going and achieving, and going to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And then all of a sudden you're like, what, what is any of this for? So I love that you are like helping and still in society that that doesn't work, that we get to be grateful. Now we get to be content. Now we get to find the beauty in our everyday lives And then, because I also love what you say too, that like, it doesn't mean your dreams are thrown out the window. Dreams are a beautiful thing, right? We're not here to just sit here on earth and do nothing. We all have these magical gifts within that we're here to bring to the earth. But it's like how you approach that and following those dreams and bringing them to fruition really, really matters for your overall 
happiness. Mm-hmm. That was the thing that I felt was missing. Yeah. Like, where is where is the marrying of the two? Because mm-hmm. I would read something that was either like, okay, it's all goals. Like, okay, once you fulfill all these habits and goals and like your whole life is just one habit to the next, mm-hmm. um, that's supposed to be happiness. Or it's like totally opt out of everything and like let go of, you know, then it's like ambition isn't really, it's like a construct. And I'm like, no, we have creative gifts. We have things, we have gifts for a reason that we yeah. want to bring to fruition. And I also think something that you said about it doesn't work. That is something that I bring in the book a lot because it's like, it doesn't like we think, okay, that person is saying that, you know, when you try to prove and strive that it doesn't work, but like, I'm different. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm still a failure and I haven't done enough. And so it's good for them. Mm -hmm. Like I can't love myself yet. I can't, you know, I'm not good enough yet. Like I still have to keep proving. Mm-hmm. And I think the the core thing is like what you said, it, it doesn't work. Like yeah. you can try, yeah, but it, it's like, it never works. Totally. So it's not even like for some people it works. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Nobody, it works. <laughs> I love it. I'm so excited. So when is it, when does it get released? Uh, April 12th, 2022. Okay. Awesome. Can you pre-order? Yeah. Pre-order. Yeah. So we will drop the link in our episode description for our listeners to pre-order and we will be pre-ordering as well. Yay. Yay. Thank you. I'm dying for this book to come out. And so one of the questions I have about that is I feel like I've never written a book before, but I know with entrepreneurship, with starting my own business, which, so I'm kind of looking at it like a big task ahead of you, starting a business, writing a book, doing something really big that you're feeling inspired to do. What is the greatest lesson that writing a book from start to finish taught you? Well, this there's like a hundred. Yeah. But this book specifically, because I had such a strong intention of, I was like, writing this book will be the most creatively fulfilling thing ever. It will be a joy. It will be fun. Like that was my intention going in before I even started. And I think the biggest lesson was recognizing that having that intention beforehand and not listening to the mind of the world of like, it's so hard and it's going to be so hard. And the writer's block will hit you and all of this. Like I, for me, I'm like, I would rather roadblocks just come to me instead of me having to think about them all the time and worry about them happening. And so my real big takeaway was like, oh, I actually have control over how the creative process will go. And if I show up with that intention every day, it unblocks me. And instead of showing up and being like, oh my God, it's going to be so hard I'm not good enough yet. I can't start. I'm not ready. It's more like, how can I make this more fun for myself? Like what rituals can I have that make it like abundant and exciting and joyful? Like that to me is a radical question, especially with writing, because the whole conversation around writing is like, it's gotta be hard. Yeah. It's going to be the worst. And I was like, 
I said to myself, I'm like, I have a year for this before this book comes out. And I was like, I can't spend a year just being anxious and frustrated and expecting it to be horrible. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And so I was just like, I trusted and sat down and was like, every day that I sit down, it's exactly what I'm meant to say. And I also trusted that like, I have an editor and they're, they're in their genius to help me bring, you know, help clarify this and make this better, you know, and just like, I didn't have to do it all myself and not everybody has that, but you would think, you know, eventually that's where it leads to. And I think just like having that in mind, instead of like going into something, expecting ease makes the things that do come up feel a lot easier to deal with. Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, I feel yeah, that so okay, It's not always going to be easy. I know. <laughs> yeah, you know right. I'm like, right. let me trick myself into thinking <laughs> that it's going to be easy. And then when something comes up, I'm like, oh, this is easy. This isn't, yeah. I can figure this out, you know, instead of being like, this will be so hard. And if something mm-hmm. comes up, you're a failure and you're never going to do well, which like, let me tell you, was the ticker in my head for a very long time. So I don't speak from like, I've got it all. I never felt that. Like, yeah, that's how it was in my head. Well, yeah. And we, I mean, we're 100% with you there. So another big thing, I say, we probably talk about it every episode. Like we have almost a hundred episodes and probably every single one that has come up the stories you tell yourself. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, but the stories you tell yourself, the mind attaches to a story. So the mind just wants to be right. So it's going to look for another reason to make the writing hard and another reason to make it hard and another block. And like, it's just law of attraction 101, what you focus on, you create more of. So I love that. Once again, you're living proof that if you decide it's going to be fun, it's going to be easy. Like, like you said, of course we're human, like shit happens, right? Stuff comes up yeah, and that's okay. And we all under, I feel like that's like a visceral understanding. And a lot of times I feel like we make things like this way harder for ourselves because of the stories we tell. hundred percent. Way harder. I mean, it's, this was so different. Like I almost felt like, and I have, you know, there, I I have a lot of people that I like writers that I'm like, wow, I really listened to a lot of people on like how it was supposed to go. And I access something else. Like, cause I said, I mean, I wrote that book in the, it was the most joyful experience ever. Like I crave it. I think about that sometimes. I'm like, that time of writing that book, that was so fun. Like I, I had that. so much fun. I just like, it's amazing. I wrote for a couple hours in the morning and then I went on like a beach walk. And then when I was at, on the beach, I would like get an idea for a chapter or something to add. And like my notes were like a beautiful mind and my notes app, you know, I was like all over the place. And I was like in total chorus with mm-hmm. creativity. Like I, cause I didn't say to myself, well, you got to sit down at the computer for eight hours a day. Yeah. I was like, I will get just as much value or like just as much inspiration, more inspiration. Right. If I go out and into my life mm-hmm. and I don't like grasp onto, well, I have to do, like, I didn't have word count goals. I didn't have anything for me. That was helpful, yeah. you know, because I just, I wanted it to be so fun. And I wanted to walk away from the experience and be like, I gave it every bit of joy. Cause also what, you know, with everything that you do, 
it matters what you say, but the energy that you put into it, I was Mm -hmm. like, I want people to read this and feel the energy of like joy, freedom, Mm -hmm. ease. I'm like, so I'm going to write this book with like pain and hard. It's going to be hard. And like, that doesn't, no, no, that's not going to match up. I love that so much. I literally refuse. I will not create content anymore. Once upon a time, I had a business coach who was like, you have to post five times a day or five times a week. At least you have to do it this way. You have to do this way. And I'm like, there came a point where I was like, it just doesn't work. I realized that like one of my mentors says you are the algorithm. And I fully believe in that. It's like the Mm -hmm. energy I refuse now today. It was on my to-do list to create some content for the week it's not happening. Cause I just haven't felt that because I understand that. Right. So it's like, you are such a beautiful example of that, how that's so truth because our minds get stuck in the shoulds all of the time. Well, look, this person's super successful and they made themselves sit down for actually, I feel like I've been told this by another author before. Like you just have to sit down for this many hours a day and just write, you have to force yourself to do it. And that doesn't vibe in my body. That doesn't feel good. So of course it's not going to work for me. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I, I, that's what I try to show is like, I'll go through like, yeah, I have all these things going on. Yeah. I I do have like, I now have a lot of things, especially this year that are like really impressive and shiny. And I'm like, but actually the thing is that I'm here for it. Like I'm present, I'm alive to it. That means more to me. Like, I don't think people get it until they get it like you do, you know, where it's like, that is more important is that like, if you can feel gratitude and appreciation for your life while you're living it, not in retrospect, not one day, not in the journal at night, but like in the moment, Mm -hmm. I'm like, to me that that is everything. And that I don't have any of those pressures. Like I agree. I mean, I post really regularly, like Monday through Friday, mostly because it has turned into like a spiritual practice for me to like put that out there. And for me, because I know that if I take too much, like there's too many pauses, I'll overthink it Mm -hmm. and I'll get like kind of fixated on like, well, is this perform that like the numbers and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's an act of love for me, for myself to post that way. But that's for everybody to figure out. Like, I think yeah. we kind of disempower people to uh, to figure out yeah. their, like, we have a mechanism inside, just yeah. like what we've been talking about. Right. We have that. That's leading us. Like, uh, usually when you're not feeling good about something, it means it's, you're not connected to right. the thing that's supposed to make you feel good. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I love that so much. And I think like the, the biggest thing that stands out from this episode for me so far is just one of the first things you, you said, it's like, I don't really read other books. Like I don't, I put my, I put these words in there, but like you put your blinders on, you really do. And you don't look and you just, you make sure you stay clear channel. I think that's so important. And where so many of us miss the point, because I agree with you, like earlier, you were like, you know, I have the magic in me and we all have that. Like every one of you listening, you have that magic in you. It's just a matter of creating a clear channel, putting your blinders on and allowing that to come through. Mm -hmm. I think a big takeaway for me, and it's like, I wish I had this episode and I wish I had your book. Like when I started my business, because I very much had that understanding, like it's going to be so hard. You have to work so hard to make it work and to be successful. And I was putting so much pressure on myself. And one thing I love that you said here is like, how can I make this fun? 
how can I, what can I start to do to make this something that I enjoy doing? I look forward to doing. Mm-hmm. And you did the damn thing. You wrote a book, which most people I would say, again, never done it myself, but most people would probably say is like very hard, very grueling. There's all these deadlines and it's this hardest thing. And you're going to have this writer's block, but you push past it. You are a perfect example of lit, like choosing the thought and the belief you want to have about a situation and then like manifesting that into your reality. And it doesn't mean that no writer's block ever came up or there were no challenges ever. It's like those challenges, you can flow through them so much better when you have that outlook of like, I enjoy what I'm doing. I'm choosing to be here because I want to be here because it's fun and it's in alignment. And then those challenges aren't so scary anymore. Well, then you recognize that the challenges, they're not because then we make those challenges harder because we like try to bypass them or avoid them. Like if something comes up, doubt or worry or whatever is going to come up. But instead looking at those and being like, if I work through this and heal it, I get to become more free to like get back to the joy and the ease and the flow. Mm -hmm. And so I never really looked at those as, oh, these are getting in my way. I was like, clearly there's something I need to look at here. And most of the time, what was really interesting, especially during writing the book was like, when something came up really powerfully, it meant there was something I needed to write about because I would work through it. Like I would sit with it and listen and be like, okay, there's some sadness here. Or like, I'm having, like, I wrote an entire chapter of my book about social media in a totally different way than I expected because I had. I was in the shower and having extreme comparison anxiety. And I was like, this is the, and I ran up, like got out of the shower, ran up and started writing this chapter on social media. Cause I was like, that's why this is coming up. And yeah. so I had this belief that like everything was for me, even the hard parts, you know? And like, when you think like that, Oh my God, it's just like, yeah. What do you, what do you have to be afraid of if it's all for me? Like my friend and I, we even say to ourselves, um, like she's very similar to us. We like, when something comes up, we're like, it's a gift to be triggered. Yeah. Like, we, we say it. We say it. That's our, grateful yeah. for your triggers. That's what we say yeah. all the time. Oh my God. No way. Triggers. We're going to make a sweatshirt. It shines a light it. on the things that are still there for you. Yeah. Right. Talk about like your limiting belief that like, if you work through it, you just get to experience like an expansion and growth and like something deeper that you haven't been able to experience instead of being like, Oh no, what is this going to say about myself? It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I get a shovel shovel. Let's dig in. (laughs) Right. Well, there's so much value there. So I also love to say pain is a catalyst for growth. That's something that I believe myself and I teach all of my clients, everybody who comes in my realm, like feeling pain, I'm sorry. I have compassion for you. I really do because it sucks. And it's a catalyst for growth. Where is the Mm. lesson? So it's like really cool because there are so many beautiful things that come out of that. If you use pain as a catalyst for growth, if you shift your perspective to be grateful for your triggers, not only do you grow and level up as a human and connect deeper to your soul when you're looking for those lessons, but people like you, people like us, you can start to share that with others that help them inspire them too. So it's like, I don't know. I just feel like there's so much beauty that comes out of thinking that way and believing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You put less aggression, I think mm-hmm. into the world and less blame. 
Yeah. And I just am like, there's so much that does need to change. There's so many people that do need to be held accountable, but at the same time, the blame we're, we're in this place where like, you know, we have to come back to ourselves. Like that's Mm -hmm. really very important to me. And I love that. I mean, that's so funny that we both have the whole thing about the trigger. I thought like my friend and I, we were like, I can't say this is, this is like, (laughs) we're literally, no, we're making a crew neck that says, be grateful for your triggers. Or like one, one that I came up with is I want to make a sweatshirt that says, please trigger me. (laughs) Please trigger me. (laughs) Okay. I love that. And I completely agree. I get excited. I'm like, Ooh, something that's holding me back that I didn't know was holding me back. Like, let me get in. Totally. I love it. So good. (laughs) That is amazing. (sighs) (laughs) Jamie, I feel like you belong on this podcast because everything (laughs) that you're saying, I mean, and this is a perfect example is just so aligned. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you just bring a fresh perspective to it all. Cause again, Sarah and I say and talk about a lot of these things, but it just feels good to hear it in different words and just with your wisdom and your experience. And yeah, yeah, this is, this was medicine for me actually. Cause like, I don't know, sometimes it can be, you know, I have this audience and stuff, but it it's, it's really comforting to know that these conversations, like I, I mean, I love that these conversations are happening, that we're all talking about this finally, that like, yeah. it feels like growth and evolution on a collective way. And I yeah. just, it, this was really like, this healed me in a way. So mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah. I have the chills when you're saying that, because it's true. Like I, I choose to believe that like the world is healing. We are evolving. A lot of people are still putting their focus on the bad that's happening. And of course there's bad happening. And of course, you know, we're going to look at that and what is the way out of that? It's through diving in and doing this healing work and having these conversations and like you writing posts and writing books and Mary and I doing our thing on the podcast. It's like, this is where the healing starts and it's happening. So thank you so much for being a part of it. Thank you so much for your time, for coming on and chatting with us today. So everybody, so they can find you at your, at Jamie, is it Varon? We were trying to figure Varen. out. Varon. Yeah. At Jamie Varon. So we will link that Instagram and we will co- of course link the, is it radicallycontent.com for pre-order yeah. book? Awesome. Mm-hmm. We'll so we will link those. For sure. You guys need this book. And it, like I said before in the intro, please go to her page and like binge her posts. They are the most beautiful things. They will change your life. They will make big, scary things feel so much more approachable, so much more doable. I said earlier too, I'm like, your posts feel like a hug from a best friend. Like your words just make me feel like, no, I do have this. I can do this, especially when I am feeling low or feeling hard or forget that I'm grateful to go through the pain or whatever I'm experiencing. So yeah, your work is incredible. I'm not kidding when I say you have seriously like my favorite page on Instagram, like top five hands down because every post is just so beautiful. So yes, thank you for all you do. We are going to share all the links you guys go pre-order her book. If you're reading this or listening to this after April, what was it? April 21st? 12th. Oh, April 12th. Yeah. <laughs> April 12th, um, 2022. Go buy her book. Oh, I can't wait to read this. So thank you so much, Jamie. You are amazing. And we will catch you guys next week on Her Vibe is Pretty. 
Bye. Bye. Bye.